Alrighty, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Alhamdulillah, Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everybody to the Nothing But Facts live stream, our uh, third uh, class or session this week as we're basically in our uh, soft open of our official and... Um, uh, prof uh, professional grade live stream. I've been live streaming with you guys, not always on Instagram, but mostly was on Facebook from 2015, on and off and on and off. But now we're growing. Everything's got to grow. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's how it is. And you have to ask yourself in your life, are you growing or you're dying? All right. So here we go. Let's uh, read a little bit of something beneficial today. And then we're going to open up to your comments, your questions. And we have a lot of things to talk about. Today is our soup kitchen dinner. Uh, we got people coming in to help out for the dinner. And it's it's been a big success. You all seen all of our posts about our, our soup kitchen and our Dawa center. Uh, by the way, we have Dela'ilul Khairat recitation there every Monday. And we give out food on Wednesday. So we're going with the vicar too. We're not stopping uh, and we're not hesitating. So here we go. Before we start, there was a brother yesterday. He said, oh, how could you say the Hanbalis and the Ash'aris were the same? Of course, they, they, they have the same aqidah. Here's the book, okay, that brings you everything with citations, with the quotes, with everything. It's, I know many people don't really have interest in this, but some people do. Abdul Ghani al-Nabulsi, At-Tawfiq al-Jali. Okay, the union between the Asha'ira and the Hanabira in the fundamentals of what they actually believe, then how they expressed these things, okay, was something different. Okay. Um, uh, I'll check that out. Okay, how they expressed it was different. And this is by Sheikh Abdul Ghani Nabulsi. And it was a gift to me. Muhibbukum Yusuf ibn Sadiq al-Hambali. I love this brother. Sheikh Yusuf ibn Sadiq al-Hambali. I thank you so much for this book. And it's an amazing book between the union, between uh, the beliefs of the Asha'ira and how they actually represent the, that madhab of Aqidah represents the Salaf. Okay? And he explains how. And he explains why there's a difference between the Hanabir. But the essence is one. Now let's go to this story. And many people will say, where's the Senate for this story? Again, I told you all, I'm reading from this book called Bahr al-Bahr, Bahr al-Jumu'ah, the Ocean of Tears, and it's an amazing book. Listen to this story. It is narrated that Umar ibn Khattab comes out one day and the Sahabi Hudhayfa ibn al-Yaman, who is the secret keeper of the Prophet, peace be upon him. He says, Umar says, how did, kayfa asbahat, ya Hudhayfa, basically, how's your morning? Hudayfa says, I woke up, Amir al-Mumin, I love fitna. I love fitna. Then he says, I hate the truth. Okay, almost his temperature is going up. Okay. I say things that were not created. Or I espouse things that weren't created. Say, so, Omar, at this point, the heat, you can imagine the heat's coming up. I testify, okay, with what I haven't seen. And I pray without wudu. And I have in the earth what Allah does not have in the heavens. If you ask any Muslim, what do you say about this? Execute right away. Okay, this is kufr. Now, the zahir is kufr. The outward of it is kufr. Now, what does he mean by it? All right. Omar became extremely upset and immediately. Sayyidina Omar, Sayyidina Omar. He's always going to be saying Omar. We reach for the stick. Right away for the stick. Okay. And he got, and he started to think about, I'm going to hit him. Okay. Then he remembered the special place that Hudayfa ibn Yaman had with the Prophet. He's the secret keeper of the messenger. He's the one the Prophet, peace be upon him, told him who are the 12 hypocrites. He was a secret keeper. And his father, al Yaman, was actually from another area. He was a fugitive. He was kicked out of his area. He came to Medina as a migrant. And he lived uh, before the Prophet came, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then he stayed with them. And then... Um, he was actually killed by friendly fire in the battle of Uhud al-Yaman, son of Hudayf, father of Hudayfa. So in any event, 
فهو كذلك إذ مر به علي بن أبي طالب سيدنا علي passes by and he says anger on the face of Umar فقال ما أغضبك يا أمير المؤمنين فقص عليه القصة he says Umar what are you so upset about so he tells him the story he tells him the story tells him what Hudayfa said exactly فقال يا أمير المؤمنين لا يغضبك ذلك he said don't be upset about this أما قوله إنه يحب الفتنة he's saying that he loves fitna it's because Allah says, verily your wealth and your children are fitna. Doesn't everyone love their children? Right? But they're fitna. What does it mean that your wealth and your children are fitna? They're a distraction. Any of you know about uh, life when you go from being a student and you have no concerns, okay, as many of you are, and you know the student life, right? There's only one concern, which is your exams, and you think that you have, you have issues. You think that you're busy. You haven't even, you haven't even seen 10% of life. You don't have a spouse. You don't have a job. PSENG sends your mom the bill, then your dad doesn't send it to you. Okay? You don't have kids. Your kids don't have homework. You haven't seen anything yet. Okay? So they're a fitna. They distract you from ibadah. But serving them as well and doing that stuff can become a good deed for you. He hates haq. The al-haq here is death. This death comes, right? It's a true thing that death comes. Okay? So he hates it. We all hate death. Sayyidina Aisha said, Oh, Master of Allah, we hate death. Prophet said, The Muslim's love of death is not the love of actual death, it's the love of meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He speaks with what is not created. It's Al Quran Al Kareem. Right? He, he utters the Quran. He recites the Quran. He, cre- he recites the Quran and it is not created. Okay? He, he, he testifies for something he hasn't seen. He testifies and believes in Allah. He hasn't seen Allah, but he believes in Him. And he testifies to that. As for his. He prays without wudu. That is his prayer upon the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. All right, he makes salawat on the Messenger peace be upon him, and you don't have to have wudu. You can make salat on the Prophet in all of your states. Sayyidina Musa asked Allah, "Sometimes I'm in a certain, we're in a certain condition." He means by that Janaba. Okay, Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "Remember me in all of your states." The only thing you cannot recite when you're upon Janaba is the Quran, and you cannot touch the Mushaf without wudu, but you can recite. The Quran without wudu, but you cannot recite it upon Janabah. And only in the Maliki Madhab, the Ha'id and the Nufasa, the woman who's upon Haid and Nifas, she can recite the Quran from memory or from a tablet upon Haid and Nifas because he separates. Janabah is something you enter by choice and you can exit it by choice whenever you want. Uh, Haid and Nifas is something that comes upon them. Okay. So Sayyidina Ali continues to explain Hudayf ibn Yaman's statement to Sayyidina Umar. Okay. He says, I have something in the earth that Allah doesn't have in the heavens. A wife and kids. Right? Allah doesn't have a wife and kids. All right? Because he's transcendent beyond having a wife and kids. Why do we have a wife and kids? Because we have needs. We're weak. We need companionship. Sayyidina Adam, when he was created... He's created in paradise and he's looking around and some people say it's one of the different gardens of paradise, not necessarily the paradise. And he's moving around, looking around and he got bored. So he fell asleep until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he woke up and he found next to him another creature, a beautiful creature that he's looking at. And he said, who are you? She said, I am, I am woman. He said, what's your name? Hawa. Okay. What's your created for? As your companion in life. An-nisa'u shaqa'iqur rijal. The Prophet ﷺ said, women are the second half of men. That means they're half. Right? They both have the same needs, the same desires of company. They need each other's company. They love each other's company. Then he loved her company so much that he forgot the one rule that he had with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That was it. And so he forgot 
right? But forgetfulness for them is different. In their Sharia, in his Sharia, was different from in our Sharia. In our Sharia, if you forget something, you're forgiven. But in that Sharia, in that law with Sayyidina Adam, they only had one thing that was haram, all right? So you're not allowed to forget. So he didn't commit a sin in the way, the sense of, oh, let's disobey Allah. No, he just forgot. That's the understanding of, of some of the scholars on this issue of Sayyidina Adam eating from the tree. So tell me, tell me something. If you had a palace, would you rather, you had a palace, the most beautiful palace, but you're all alone. Or you get a little apartment, but you get to be with the woman of your dreams. And let's say if it's vice versa, if you're a woman, you get a whole awesome palace to yourself, or you get to have a little apartment with the man of your dreams. Which one are you going to choose? I know which one I'm going to choose. So he then says, فَقَالَ عُمَرْ لِلَّهِ دَرُّكَ يَا أَبَلْ حَسَنٍ Okay, لَقَدْ كَشَفْتَ عَنِّي هَمَّنْ عَظِيمًا You've relieved me because I was angry. I was upset at what he said. And I was confused. Okay. So that's, uh, the, but what he's pointing to are really some of the essentials of life. The essentials of life, husband or spouse and kids. These are the essentials of life. And what Iblis is doing in society is destroying the ability for people to get married or even want to get married or even be attracted to the gender that they need to be attracted to. Okay. Or every, there's a constant and nonstop, constant and nonstop assault on marriage. Even in our Islamic community, marriage has become so difficult and so complicated. Like the actual acts uh, to actually getting married. Forget finding a husband. When you actually get married, the wedding is complicated. All these weddings, we need, we need a complete wedding reform. These weddings have to be much more simple than they actually are. I mean, they're completely complicated for no reason. If you think about it. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ had 12 weddings in his life. 12 weddings. In these weddings, he slaughtered an animal for the walima one time. Once he slaughtered an animal for the walima. One time. Think about this. There wasn't a big invitation for everyone to come. That so much so that Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, one of the ten guaranteed paradise, Muhajir with the Prophet, one of the first ten Muslims, Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, didn't even know the Prophet got married. The Prophet had to say, "This is my wife. I got married." Abdul Rahman ibn Auf said, "Oh, Masjidullah, we wouldn't have doubts." He said, "Yes, but you have to know." So the Prophet, if your Imam got married of your mosque, let's say he was single. Wouldn't the whole community be there and everyone knows about it? Here you have the Messenger of Allah in a very small town. You got married. And if you saw how they used to live, if you ever go on Umrah, which we're going to do Umrah, inshallah, next, next winter. When you go on Umrah, you see like the house of so-and-so was there. Like 20 feet over, the house of so-and-so was there. They lived so close together and still some of them didn't know. Like the marriage happened, they didn't know. Abdurrahman bin Auf himself got married. And he had some, uh, I guess that you put yellow powder on the husband when he got married. And the Prophet said, Abdurrahman, it looks like you got married. He said, yes, I did. You got married, didn't you know? So it's, it was something that was a lot simpler. Now, I'm not saying it's unimportant, but the actual wedding is a lot simpler. Do you know the fiqh of marriage is if you're not obligated to go to Jum'ah, then you're not obligated to go to some of these weddings, right? I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to weddings, but just to, so some people, we see them flying across the country. And if you don't fly across the country to attend this wedding, the other family is going to get offended. Offended. Why would you be offended? If you don't, if, if you have to travel more than five miles, you don't have to attend the wedding, right? So this idea that, oh, I'm going to be get offended. Oh, if we don't put him on the invite list, they're going to get offended. And they're paying $40 a plate. And they show up, and they didn't want to show up anymore because we had 10 weddings in the season. And you have to have at least a $100 check ready. It's $40 a plate. But the gift I'm giving you is 100 bucks. Who's winning here? Who's losing? All right? This is just, it, there's so much takalluf. This is called takalluf. Formality upon formality upon formality that it's not something that the Prophet wanted to, to happen. Now, I'm not saying all this stuff is haram, but just think about it. Keep it in the back of your mind that this stuff is truly unnecessary. It's excess. All right. All right. With that, let's open it up to your Q&A today. All right, Ryan, what do we got? We got some action going? We got some action. All right. Let's hear it. Someone says, Sheikh, may Allah have mercy on your parents. I mean, which class? And yours too. I mean, 
which classical scholars made it permissible to make istighatha through the dead when making wudu? Istighatha when making wudu? Uh, the, the discussion is istighatha, period, right? Istighatha, period. But we're not going to open that can of worms right now. But the istighatha that we hold that is without a doubt is istighatha with the meaning of tawassul. And there are some of the ulama who spoke about it like that. Meaning that we call upon Allah using with our love for the salihin. We love certain righteous people, okay? And that love is a good deed. And for if not for our sake, then for the sake of the messenger that we follow, that Allah Ta'ala will forgive people, maybe not for his sake, but at, uh, not for our sake, because we're not good enough, but at least because of our connection to some of the righteous above us, whether it's a righteous parent, definitely the messenger that we have, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let me read one. Uwais Jamir, what's the topic and what book? So we were just reading some of these little stories that have some great wisdoms in it from Bahr al-Dumu'a by Ibn al-Jawzi, right? And if someone says, oh, where's the Senate? The Senate is Ibn al-Jawzi. Ask Ibn al-Jawzi for the Senate. He's trustworthy for us. Okay, and some of the, they're just stories. There's not, there are no rules here. Okay, what book did you mention regarding Sheikh Yusuf ibn Sadiq? This is the book again, let me show you. At-Tawfiq, Bain al-Ash'ari wal-Hanbali. Okay, uh, At-Tawfiq al-Jali, Bain al-Ash'ari wal-Hanbali. Meaning and showing, because the brother said, no, it can't be this simple yesterday. It is that simple. Uh, this book goes into every uh, subtopic of discussion showing that the Ash'ari creed, its asl, its basis, and the Hanbali creed, its asl and basis is one and the same. And then how the Hana, the Ash'ari uh, ex, uh, posited and ex, uh, dis, expounded upon their proofs is what's different. Okay? And the, the, the way that they, they did that and responded okay, to Mujassima or Mu'tazila, is different. And he shows even Al-Bukhari how he relies on Ibn Kal uh, who he relies upon from the Ash'ara. Okay, he relies upon Ash'ara here. And he, he cites it. Okay. So in any event, something that not a lot of people are, are really familiar with, but here. If you're interest if you're interested in Aqidah, that's what uh, this is the book that you gotta get for yourself. It's in Arabic. All right, Ryan, you got a question for us? Yes, from Muhammad Sharif Aladin. What are the guidelines for the amount of the mahr? What is its purpose? And what would be excessive or too little? What's the guideline for the mahr? The mahr has to be at least a quarter of a gold coin. And um, I, how does that translate? I can't remember the translation in dollars, right? But there has to be a mahr. And then there's something called mahrul mithl. Okay. Uh, there is something called Mahrul Mithil. What is Mahrul Mithil? Sadaqul Mithil, they call it in fiqh. Sadaqul Mithil. Pay, pay very close attention, some of you, because I know some of you here. I, I know some of you here. And I know that you all have kids, right? And that soon you're going to be marrying and asking this question. So, in your social circle, and every Muslim has to have a social circle, because certain things in Sharia require a little bit of a, a back and forth, a, a context and a judgment call. Okay. So in your so social circle there, I'm sure your kid is not the first kid to get married. Someone else got married before them, right? So you are allowed to see and get and check out, well, what was the mahar for this person? Because their family is pretty much like our family, like one doctor and one accountant, for example, right? Or similar class of people. They live the same way. They have the same kind of cars, the same size of house, right? They live the same way that we live. So what kind of mahar did they get? And then you do this across two, three, and there's nothing wrong with saying it, right? For the sake of benefit. That's how you make the judgment call. And you arrive at something called Sadaq al-Mithl. This is very important because I know that I know some of these people on the, I see their names are popping up and their moms and their dads and their kids are teens. Okay. It's called Sadaq al-Mithl. So you ask around and say, oh, oh she, her mahar was 10,000. Her mahar was 5,000. Her mahar was 7,000. So we get an average from that. That's called Sadaq al-Mith. Now, you're not bound to that. But if there is a dispute, then you are in your right judgment to say, this is what I insist upon. Okay. This is what I insist upon. Okay. And he can agree or disagree. But that's called Sadaq al-Mithl. 
And you should know the Sadaqal myth. It's based upon the same type of uh, uh, circles that, that are similar, the families that are similar to your family. All right. All right, let me read a question here. Amr Khan 6692, why are flags in the masjid deemed as innovation? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a flag inside the masjid, like a USA flag in the masjid. Emirati Masajid, you might have the Israel flag too. They love Israel. But, like, is that the question? In Pakistani flag, you have a, a Pakistan, in Pakistan, the Masajid have the flag of Pakistan? I don't see that that's necessarily, you know, maybe it's just simply a bid'ah because it's something that was never done before. I don't know if there's a reason to have that, but uh, I, I, uh, Allah Adam, I've never seen Masajid on that before. All right, Ryan, what you got? Uh, coming back to the Mahr. Mahr, yes. Someone asked, what about this new age where people memorize the Quran or something unique like that? The Mahr can be a service too, right? The Mahr can be a service. You could say, the mahr, your Mahr is, I'll take you to Hajj. Your Mahr is, I'll teach you Fiqh. Your Mahr is, I'll teach you, uh, for example, uh, uh, Tajweed. You could, I'll, I'll teach you to memorize Surah Ar-Rahman. That's acceptable as a mahr. And the Prophet said, this, the, the woman who is easygoing on the mahr, right, is the best. But that doesn't mean that the father has to be easygoing. If you're the dad and you're dealing with these guys, the, the status is no different than when you deal with, with other. Certain things, the Prophet said, you're guilty until proven innocent. And that's the way for the wali. Some people don't know how to be a wali. If you're the wali, like you're the dad and you have a teenage daughter, the guy is guilty until proven innocent. In the same way, if you're going to hire someone to work for you, he's he's not working for you until he proves himself. So how is, I mean, marriage is 10 times more important, 100 times more important. So the guy's guilty until proven innocent. So uh, the, it's the man who can, the wali, the father, who can demand the mahr. Okay. And he does the talking in that respect on these issues that um, would seem that they would get in between the actual love right between uh uh the actual love between because it's sort of odd when you're like oh we love each other so much okay but you need to give me this much money it's odd marriage is a contract but pay attention very closely here it's mebni ala al-mukarama memorize these three words business a business contract is mebni ala al-mushaha which means it's established upon business is established upon getting the most out of the other guy. We all, we both know that we both come to the table. We're not doing charity here. I'm trying to make money and you're trying to make money and we can make both make money if we work together. Right. But everyone, we understand you're going for the most and I'm going for the most. I'm going to try to pay the least and you're going to try to pay the least and I'm going to try to get the best out of the contract. So that's business. Marriage is mebni al mukarama. It is a contract a financial contract, and there's a service element to the contract too. But that element of the contract, it's built upon mukarama and musamaha. For example, when you read the, the fiqh of marriage, what is a woman responsible for? She's simply responsible for very few things. But in everyday life, every wife does 10,000 times more than this, right? She's only responsible to be physically available to her husband, to don't let anyone in the house that he doesn't like, don't go somewhere he doesn't like. That's it. And if there are kids and he's out of the house, then she's the shepherd of those kids, right? That's the technical fiqh is very little that she owes, right? But every wife does a thousand times more than this. And that's why when people say, oh, we need to learn the fiqh of marriage, I'll give you some better advice. Observe a happy marriage and talk a happy marriage of pious Muslims. Observe them, see what they do and see how they handle things. Because that's the marriage in action. And 99% of the marriage is not going to be something that's in the marriage contract that goes between you, husband and wife. Okay? So it's built upon forgiveness. It's built upon generosity. That's what mukarama is. So there is the element of the contract, which is very important. But that's, the, that's only one stage. The rest of the stages is a completely different thing. And it's 99% psychology. Right? And how to get along and how to interact. And that's what makes marriages succeed and fail. All right, next question. By the way, uh, Instagrams, you could put questions in the question box. Oh, I already see some in the question box. So let me read one and then, and then we'll go back to you, Ryan. 
Uh, Lily Shire, she says, Assalamu alaikum. What is meant by an action is disliked by Allah? Why aren't matters just halal and haram? So she's asking, why isn't something, why is there the category of disliked, makru? Like marriage, abghadul halali illallah, talaq, sorry, uh, divorce. The, the most hated by Allah of the halal is talaq. The reason that the Prophet ﷺ made certain things discouraged rather than haram because it would be too much, right? Too many things that are haram will be too much for you to bear. So Allah's forgiveness is in the category of karahiyah. His, his, his expansiveness and his forgiveness is found in the category of discouragement. Because it discouraged, some people say that it would, the, the Prophet wanted it to be haram right but out of ease for the people just made it discouraged so if you're tempted to do it and you leave it off you get a reward for that but if you fall into it and you do it there's no sin against you this is something disliked so that's the approach all right ryan back to you someone says sheikh is it okay for a muslim to feel sick and tired of the dunya is it okay for a muslim to feel sick and tired of the dunya uh you you don't want to to go that route where it's veiled laziness to be honest with you but yes, you can feel sick and tired of the dunya. You can feel sick and tired of people. I, I do it all the time, right? Um, and so I shut my phone down. I shut my phone down for three days. Not my, not, not this phone, where's my flip? See, the flip I have to have all the time for family, right? And then some basic colleagues, they have to be in touch with me at all times. And it's my alarm clock too, right? I have to, so you have to have my, the flip. But this phone that I'm streaming from, I shut that down for three days. I don't want to hear anyone's voice. I don't want to see comments. I don't want to get text messages. You complete shut it down, okay? Because if you have too much going on into your brain, you just get sick of it. You have to renew yourself, okay? You got to. You have to have times of the day, like 7, 8 p.m., shut the whole thing down. Weekend, Saturday, try to shut it down most as, as much as possible, right? Uh, vacation days. You have to shut down and, and recharge yourself. But at the same time, I'm just warning, I'm not saying that this brother said that. But there are some people, all right, they talk a good zuhud talk, which is asceticism. But when I'm looking, I don't see asceticism, I see laziness, all right? Lazy. For, I'm, 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 I can only tell you what I would tell my son. If my son came in and said, I'm in maqam al-zuhud, and I'm wrinkled, wrinkled up. No, I'm not taking SAT courses. I'm not taking extra courses in college. I'm Zuhud, right? And I'm just doing the deen. I'm as an, even as an imam in a masjid and as someone, we, I love Zuhud, okay? I want to be a Zahid. I would not accept it for him. It's not good for your future. You want to be a Zahid? This is not the time for you to be a Zahid. This is a time for you to learn a craft. I'm your dad. I have to, you have to make sure that you learn some dunya. You're going to learn a craft, IT, whatever thing that you're going to earn with. And you're going to iron your clothes because you got to be presentable to the people. I'm looking at something else. He may be like, oh, khalas, I'm done with the dunya. You be done with the dunya. I'm looking at something else. There are other families looking at you. There are other people looking at you. You're going to have to get married. You think that I'm a Zahid. One day, your body's going to explode. You need to get married someday. If you don't, I'm going to go pray two rakas and, and worry right? If you're not interested in getting married, I'm going to worry, to be honest with you. So when you get married, there's other people looking, there's other people thinking, they're watching you, you come to the message with flip flops and wrinkled clothes, you're a slob, you're a loser, you got no future. No, dads out there all think the same way, moms think the same way. Yes, there is zuhud, wonderful. But there's other parts of life in Islam. And the Prophet if you look at his son, you find that. There are other elements of life related to the deen that are extremely important. And if you don't do that stuff, if I don't look at that as a, to, to a teenage kid, I'm done zulm to him and let him sleep in all day. What do you do? I'll just go to the halakha in the masjid in sweats and spend all night chit-chatting with the brothers about Islamic controversies, right? And then type in and having a fight on Twitter and then watching YouTubes until three in the morning and then sleeping in until 11 a.m., Unacceptable is not happening. This is not zuhud. And I know many people are into this. It's not zuhud. You're lazy and you're trying to put it on the deen. What you need to do is learn a craft, study, take classes. If you're truly about the deen, then 
in your other time, split your time and take classes in the other parts of your time. All right. So that's the way that life is. There's a, that's why I'm telling you, don't just go through the books. There's a, there, there's, there's Dean, but there's also life. How do they live? I went to Shiuch's house. I saw all their sons were educated. The biggest Zuhad Sufiya. All their kids are educated and they can earn something because there's a great harm in being some miskeen faqir. Okay. It's unaccepted. Uh, Aliya Sayyid or Saeed, what should we study alongside Quran and Hadith? You should study Aqidah. You must study a class on start with the Tahawiyah and learn your Aqidah very well and learn the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Silyan 537, unrelated topic. When should we expect the next podcast? Uh, Ryan, could you pencil it in next next Monday, Safina Saidi podcast? Oz, can you come to that? Uh, Safina Saidi podcast. We have all the mics up and we will be ready to go. I'm telling you, this studio, you guys don't see it yet because we haven't zoomed out for a pick. We're 99% done. We're going to be 100% done soon. Okay. All right. Ahmed, we need these chandeliers up. Okay. We're going to be 100% soon. I'm telling you, when they see this studio, when Alex and Moeen and Saad and Naz, when they see the studio, I won't be able to get them out. All right. Especially when we put the fridge and the snack bar or the snack area. We won't be able to get them out. I'm going to just going to leave. All right, Ryan, what do you got? Thick question. Thick. Let's hear it. Is it permissible to pray Isha before Fajr? Can you pray Isha before Fajr? That is, it is valid, but you're going to be sinful. You, after half the night, delaying Fajr past half the night is sinful. Okay, can't do that. You cannot delay Isha behind half the night. So if you're going to plan to stay up late, Okay, you do it. Uh, Tasneem says, advice on managing work-life balance when it comes to attaining knowledge? Yeah, very simple. You set yourself a certain amount, a certain amount of time of studying, right? And then you are a student of knowledge. If you have decided upon a curriculum and you follow it systematically, you're a student of knowledge, even if you study 20 minutes a week, you're going at a slower pace, but you're a student of knowledge. You decided this is the curriculum, these are the shiuch, these are the books, and you have a systematic way of going about it, right? Then you are a student of knowledge, 100%. All right, Ryan, what else you got? Uh, AK5289-2. Okay. He said, Sheikh Shadi, just want to say that I love you, bro. Allahu Akbar. Who is this person? I love him too. I don't know him, but I love him. What's wrong with that? Mashallah. We have a good question. Yes. Um, Asked, is it okay to have a mixing at a youth event for high schoolers with music and other activities in the vicinity of the masjid? Audhu Billah. Next question. The answer to that question is Audhu Billah. Look, we all trying to be cool and everything with the, with the youth. You're not going to get anywhere if you have something that is displeasing to Allah and something that resembles a club. And it's been tried before. You're not the first ones to do it, Right. It's been tried before. And yeah, a lot of people came in. But what happened? The whole thing collapsed and blew up. I've seen it. I'm not going to say names. I'm not saying names. They did this before. It blew up. It collapsed. It had no tawfiq from Allah Ta'ala. I like to say, look, this is the deen. Right? This is, this is how we do things. And we should have, everything should have a separation in gender, at least by distance. Right? At least by distance. Oh, they're not going to buy it. They're not going to go into it. They're not, they won't do it. Listen, my job is not to cut corners. I got to do something that can last forever. I can't fool them and say, okay, let's come and do something haram, all right? And then sneak in something of deen. That's not the, that's just not the way, okay? I'm telling you, it's just not the way. A lot of people, they, they're trying something, anything to get the youth involved, but don't try something that is going to have in it something with disobedience in it, right? Um, it's not going to work. It's not the way of the awliya. It's not the way of the salihin. And the best way to get someone to touch their heart is through al-haq, not through al-batil. It's through the truth. You can touch people's heart through the truth. And Allah knows best. But that's what we do. I don't do any of those. Now, sometimes there are, they're a bit mixed because we go on a field trip, right? Yeah, that's true. It happens. We go on a field trip to New York and we're all walking. Sometimes, yes, it gets a little bit mixed up, Right? Because we, we go to New York. We went to a Sixers game, right? Yes, a little bit. But they all know and they have a general concept that it's not supposed to be mixed up, right? And you say, oh, well, they're all mixed up in school. What do I have to do with their schools, 
right? It's not my business. My business is what I control, right? So, and, you know, let's, uh, to me, that's the, the right way to do things. Let me uh, look at this. Does that mean video podcast? There will be video podcasts. Not all the podcasts with the guys will be videos because there's a reason. Actually, one of our members, he's actually not allowed uh, for his work purposes, but we will have a lot more video podcasts. Uh, Naj says, what are makruh things in Islam? I know divorce. Makruh in Islam? There's a lot of things that are makruh. It depends what topic, like salah, for example. Let's take what's a makruh in wudu is to waste water. What's makruh in salah is to to recite a surah and then in the first rakah and in the second rakah you recite a surah that came before it in the Quran. So you're not reciting it in the in the in order. Okay. So that's makruh. Makruh to look around in salah, to play around with your beard and your hair in salah. That's the things that are makruh. What's makruh in clothes? That it be close to tight. Of course, if it's if it's like skin tight like Yoga pants, we don't consider that clothes. You're not dressed, essentially. Uh, in uh, And I know, you know, the most disgusting thing is guys now wear yoga pants. There's, not, there's nothing more. I mean, I guess that's the kafara for my sins. When I see that, my sins are being expunged from when I had seen a woman in yoga pants. That's the only way to interpret it, right? <laughs> All right, what's the ruling of fa- hanging pictures up in the family? It's makruh to put a picture of self, uh, family stuff up high, but it's okay to put it in an album. Okay. All right, one more from Tasneem, and then we'll go to Ryan. Uh, another question, when it comes to enjoining good, forbidding evil, what is the right approach? You have to, with hypersensitive individuals. Don't take it face on with a hypersensitive individual. They're going to feel attacked right? Go from the side, bring it up slightly, gently, not relating to them, but as a general point, you can do that. Okay. As a general point, uh, drop it, you know, like little facts here about things, uh, but not head on with someone sensitive. Of course, if it's your child, you're responsible, right? And you can speak to them head on, but you can tuck it in with many other nice things that will make them happy, right? Uh, So it's in a package, Okay. All right, Ryan, what you got? Is it more rewarding to give money to family on non-essential things or to give money to the poor and needy? No, give money in the poor and needy. 100%. 100%. Next question. Would one be sinful for not forgiving someone? No, you're not obligated to forgive anybody. But if you want to get forgiveness from Allah, you should forgive people. What is the best du'a to help spark iman in our young adult children? What is the best approach with them? What's the best du'a to spark the iman in young adult children? And this is going to go for adults and children, even adults. It's the it's the, the 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 thing in this world that if Allah was to tell you, you can have this thing. That that is what you would pay the price of following everything in his law and worshiping with complete sincerity. You have to imagine a deal. Someone comes up to you. Okay, what are you doing wrong? I do this wrong, this wrong, and this wrong. I And I don't do this obligation and this obligation and this obligation. Why don't you do those? Because you enjoy doing these sins and you don't want to do these obligations. Human nature, right? So it all goes back to what I enjoy and what I hate. So we all have a price. What is it that if you were to sat down with an angel, say, I come representing Allah, write down on a piece of paper what it would take for you to leave off these sins and fulfill this obligation. Now you might say, oh, it's going to take something so be crazy and so big that it's, it's not realistic. That's your problem. You think there's a limit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no limit. Put it down. Write it down exactly what it would take, okay, exactly what it would take that you would say, yeah, oh, definitely I would leave off these sins, okay? Let's say a lot of people, they listen to music, and that's one of the lighter things that people do wrong. There's a lot of wrong things that people do. There's a lot of sexual problems through the phones that people have, sins that Iblis is just so happy that you've fallen into and become addicted to. Let's just, uh, that's just the fact, right? We're human beings. We make mistakes. We fall into sins. It happens. 
What is it that would take if someone said to you, well, if you could leave that off, we'll give you $5 million. You'd leave it off. Guarantee you, right? You would leave it off. So this is the relationship we have to have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We must believe that he's capable of rewarding us in this life before the next. So that's the best dua, the dua of what they would like in this hayat dunya before the next that would motivate them to leave off sin and do our obligations. Sayyidina Umar said the best remembrance of Allah is leaving off sins. Next question. Is it true that the differences of opinion in Aqidah, like the Ashari, they mentioned Athari as well, and Mathuridi are equivalent to the different schools of fiqh? The, the, the schools of Aqidah in Islam are the Hanbali, Ashari, and Maturidi. All, if you follow any of the, one of those schools, Hanbali, Ashari, and Maturidi. If you want the Hanbali school, you can go to uh, Instagram, Al Madrasa Al Hanbaliya, or True Hanbali Creed on Instagram and learn Hanbali Aqidah from there. No problem. Next question. Someone wants to start praying Salatul Ishraq. When is the time frame and, can, and what's the intention for the wudu when they're making it for that salah? Okay, um, salat al-duha and, and ishraq are different things. Every one of us loves money, right? Nobody here wants to be poor. If someone came up to you and gave you $200 on the spot, you'd be happy. Don't lie, okay? A millionaire, if someone came up and gave him five nice $100 bills, he'd be happy. Prophet wasallam said, whoever prays Fajr and sits in, his, sits in the same spot until the sun rises, which is 20 minutes after Ishraq, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he prays two rakahs. That is faster in, in earning money, in kasb rizq which rizq is broader than money, than if he was to go work east and west. So that's, look at the motivation Allah has given us. Allah knows we all want rizq. We all need risk. Some people say, oh, you, 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 you like money so much? It's not me who likes money. Rutgers University needs money. An early man's school needs money. PSE&G want my money, right? Uh, North Brunswick Township, they want my money. They just increased our taxes, these people. They all want my money, okay? My car company, they want my money. They all want my money. I need to give it to them, right? I need to earn money. So kasbir rizq, don't look at it as I'm being greedy. Look at it that the world is expensive. Life is expensive. You need that money. So that's how you do it. That's called ishraq, and it has so much reward in it. And it's also your duha prayer too. If you miss that, let's say I just pray fajr and fall asleep. Then you wake up, as long as it's before dhuhr, then you pray salat al-duha. Two rakahs, four, six, or eight. Next question. If I wrong someone and seeking forgiveness or correction for the matter with them is not an option, what can you do? If I've wronged someone, but I can't seek forgiveness and it's too late. It's happened before. A man came to Ibn Abbas and he said, uh, I murdered somebody. So Ibn Abbas said, go to your family, your tribe and collect the dia. Okay. Um, pay them the dia, the blood money. He said, I, I don't even know who he is because we were strangers. We were strangers uh, in the road. And then we had a fight. Before I even knew his name, I killed him. It could happen. They, maybe they thought that, you know, they were both antagonistic. So he killed him preemptively. He said, then make dua for him. He said, I don't even know his name. He said, then make dua for him. But then he said, make dua for him just like as the man I killed. But then he said, just go be good to your mother. That will wipe away your sins. So that's how you wipe away sins that you can't make up. Next question. Someone is seeking help because they suffer from panic attacks, OCD, waswasa, related to the thoughts of blasphemy. It consumes their energy in their life. If, uh, if it was one of those things, I would advise you. And I would just say, increase your dhikrullah, stay upon wudu. But if it's all of these things, I, sit, I, I would say, seek professional attention, professional medical attention. Because if it's all of those things, then it is a professional thing that a person needs professional medical attention for that. Let me read one from here. Junaid says, please recommend a halal way to get to know someone for marriage to, and to what level? Okay, if you're, if, you're, if you're a young family, there is value in having invitations, dinner parties, you know, like the, the, uh, the daisies have davits, right? It's a dawah. 
it's an invitation dinner party. We have these two in the Arab culture. When you do those, okay, then, uh, oh, they said they couldn't hear the questions, but we'll say the questions louder next time. Uh, because the, there's two streams going. There's a stream going for the, all the other platforms, and then there's the Instagram stream, but Ryan's uh, only connected to the other platforms, not to Instagram. But I'll repeat his questions. So those dinner invitations, the value is for people to see each other, families to see each other, so that when it's time to get married, you know people. And not only that, your whole family knows them. If you're past that and that never worked out for you or you never had anything like that, then the best place to go and, and meet somebody is somewhere where, where, there's, where there's knowledge, like classes. Going to class is one of the best places to find people because their priorities are going to be similar. So that's, to me, one of the best advices. And we had a couple marriages in our masjid and with Safina Society, which was, which was really exciting for the community to see. And now they have kids. Okay. So that's the answer to that question. Let's take one more from here then before we go back to Ryan. So let's go to um, Triple H. If we want to prepare for Rajab, Rajab is the time to make up uh, your old fasts and to start fasting. And also there are some narrations, even though some people say they're weak, but there are narrations that relate to the first, the night before Rajab, Sayyidina Ali used to stay up and he said that the dua is accepted. So I'm going to take advantage of it, right? You should take advantage of that too. The dua is accepted in that night, okay? I don't have the narration in front of me, but Habib Omar teaches it and he doesn't, I'm not going to promote, promote a fabricated narration. He did, we could probably look at it in the Muasala. All right, Ryan, you're up. Is saying, oh my God, when you're angry at someone, a sin? Is saying, oh my God, when you're angry, a sin? I don't think it would be a sin. Any maybe makruh, using Allah's name in a way that's not really, really appropriate. Uh, let's go to fibromyalgia. May Allah give you a shifa from having fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis. Arthritis. Can't even say it. Thank you for teaching. Uh, please advise how apostates should be treated as if they don't exist. It's true. Right? Stay away from them. They're going to be like a cancer in your head. We have in, in this ummah quality control. Your suhba, your circles, right, of friends has to have quality control. Right? I can guarantee you, and here's the funny thing, is that so many of our Muslims, are we're so liberal-minded now, right? If you become a Trump supporter, that cuts you off. But if you become an apostate, oh, we need to discuss this. We need to have rahmah. But, but the guy became a Trump supporter, you cut him off. If he's anti-vax, you cut him off completely. But if he becomes an innovator or something, we, let's have a discussion about this. All right, so... Uh, it's the quality control of your friend group. How can I befriend someone who's offend, offended Allah knowingly? If he offended me knowingly, I wouldn't befriend him. And who am I? If he offended my mom knowingly, I'd cut him off. Right? What would NBC do if somebody, if one of their anchors openly supported the January 6th rebellion or whatever they want to call it and said, no, 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 it was just a peaceful march. And some people got out of hand. He'd be fired. They would put a release right away. We have severed all ties within, before two minutes pass from his statement. And he'd be done with. So uh, are we promoting division? No, we're promoting quality control. I want quality control on my friend group. I want my friend group to be people who I could trade their book on the day of judgment. Right? If someone said, would you trade his books? Your book of deeds for my book of deeds. If I would say, no, no, thank you. Then why am I friends with you now? If I wouldn't befriend you on the Akhirah, right? Why do I need to be your friend now? Taimur. How much time it takes for a non-Arabic person to become a Madiki scholar, Mufti with Ijazah? If you study seriously for four years... Uh, you can really learn a lot and you could finish up to the Risad of Ibn Abi Zayd in the Madiki Madhab. You study three introductory books. You should finish that in a year if you study at least once a week. And then Risada, you can finish that in a year if you study once a week. Uh, so you're going to start with Ashmawiyah, Akhdari, Ibn Ashr. That's intro. And then Risad, it's Ibn Abi Zayd. That might take you one or two years. You'll be solid at the intermediate level. You can teach people now, right? What you know. 
if you want more, then add a couple more years to study Aqrab al-Masalik. You're going to need a lot of Arabic for that. That might take you some time. Ryan, go ahead. Okay, related to the fiqh, uh, somebody asked in the Maliki Madhab, one is allowed to make tayammum if making wudu will take too much time and so that will end. So why is it allowed if the Quran stipulates otherwise, supposedly? In the Maliki Madhab, if you're going to miss the prayer, like let you cut it so close, the mu'evin is walking up the steps to call the adhan and you don't have wudu and the water is somewhere far away that you can't make, if you went to make wudu, you'd miss the prayer. Then you are, then that is one of the conditions of tiyamum. Preconditions are met. So you make, you go out to make tiyamum and pray and get the prayer before you lose the prayer. Yeah, that's, that's how it is. Now you're sinful for delaying the prayer that far, that much. Shahida says, does animal, does alcohol and creams or any animal products invalidate the salah? And salah does not invalidate the salah because it will have evaporated and it will have uh, transformed anyway. So inshallah, it should not invalidate the salah. Why do we stand? Some people stand when they recite salah on the Prophet in the, in the, in the masjid, and that was a matter of just showing respect for the Prophet, peace be upon him, zikr, and mention. Have there any been female prophets? No, we don't, have, we don't hold that there were female prophets. Maryam is the greatest woman, and Allah described her as Siddiqah, not Nabiyyah. And Allah separates in the Quran between Siddiqah and Nabi. All right, let's see what else you got, Ryan. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Mm. Does Ishraq have to be prayed in the masjid if after praying Fajr I talk and chat with other Musallis? Khalas, you talk and chat with other Musallis after Fajr. He's saying Ishraq prayed in the masjid when I chit chatted and had breakfast and had a fight with all the other Musallis. Too late. Khalas, you ruined it. Don't do this. Sit in your spot. Don't talk to anybody until Ishraq comes. And Ishraq is when is Fajr out? Add 20 minutes. Sit and don't talk to anybody, okay? I'm telling you, there's a great reward in this, right? You do this, then you pray two rakas, then you could uh, talk and fight and eat and whatever you want to do. Yafa says, how can someone have a wedding or ceremony that is pleasing to Allah? Don't have mixing. Don't have a lot of loud music. I'm saying this if you can, because most people, they don't control the wedding. You marry people today, every family's mixed. Every family's mixed. So we have to talk about this in the spirit of a forgiving nature, but this is the ideal, okay? So that nobody says, oh, this is too much. We can never do this and I feel isolated. No, in the spirit of if you're capable, then you avoid these things of the types of music that is forbidden, the mixing that is forbidden and inviting only the rich and never inviting the poor and not having israf, like excessive spending, right? Excess in the spending. So you, you, for Sister Yafa, that's, those are the things, that, that's how you want to do it. And for those who are coming from not religious backgrounds, or that their family doesn't, they don't do, I know people who are so good, their family have nothing to do with the deen. So um, we have to say this in the spirit of if you're capable. And if you're not, and let's say you're going to get married and your mother insisted up and down, this is how the wedding is going to be. What is the girl going to do? So we have to be understanding that some people are at different situations. And at the same time, we have to understand that there is an ideal in our religion. Okay. Your situation does not become the ideal. And the ideal should not be promoted without a sense that some people are not able to fulfill it out of inability, not malice. And we have to have that... Uh, we have to have that idea. Mahnur Faisal says, are they recorded? The answer is yes. On, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. You can find them all. And we're going to start uploading them as audio in the podcast. So you can get it on your phone as the audio part. Megalon, can you explain when, if madhab rulings can or cannot be mixed? They should never be mixed. If you follow a madhab, if you're a student of knowledge and you have selected a madhab and you follow a madhab, don't mix Unless there is a situation that is impossible in your method. Like what? Like a Shafi'i, he converts to Islam, right? He becomes a Shafi'i and his mother, he lives with his mom and she has a dog. He has to take the Maliki ruling on the, the saliva of the dog, not being Najis. Ryan, what do you got? What is our approach to takfir? What's our approach to takfir? 
you do it very cautiously, but if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. And we, in the Maliki Madhab, we are allowed to say so-and-so has committed takfir and is not a Muslim anymore. If you see a guy bowing to an idol, right? But what we say is that we can't do anything about it. We can't, ex- I can't execute the guy, for example. I can't take him and say, uh, put, put, put him in jail. I can't take him into the basement, right? Like some movie and lock him up and tape him up to a chair and give him istitaba. No, only the judge can do that. But what I can do is, no, this guy worships another god. This guy, you know, uh, does all this kufr. Okay, and he doesn't believe in this, that, or the other, or he believes in another prophet, or he believes something, some nonsense, then I stay away from him. That's it. Right? Simple. Sharif Ala Din says, I've heard it claimed that this is not allowed, but is a fake. This is, or, but as far as I know, this is only in relation to the essentials. And the previous question what are the positions of Ahlus Sunnah when it comes to the mujarrab knowledge? Or bid'ah hasana. Yes, uh, mujarrabat means that if if you read in a book, a sheikh says, do this dhikr, his I did it, and my du'a was answered. We say, you're allowed to do that as long as it does not replace the sunnah. So someone says to you that if you recite this and this and this before Maghrib on Friday, oh, charge it. Here. Sorry about that. I didn't give you this earlier. Uh, but you can't say, okay, I'll do that instead of Surah Al-Kaf or instead of the prophetic prayers. No. It does not uh, displace the Sunan. Okay. And it is not of the same level of Yaqeen. You don't hold it at the same level. You can have Yaqeen in it. I trust this Wali and this scholar and I believe in him. But you can have the same level of uh, a strong Yaqeen, but not the same as the Sunnah. The Sunnah, there's no doubt about it. The promises of Allah, there's no doubt about it. Qat'i, the other promises, maybe Dhanni. Dhanni is speculative, yani less absolute. But we can still believe in it and do it. Uh, Moro Blanco says, is Warish the Sunnah? The answer is yes. The Sunnah of recitation to recite, the, what the Prophet recited, and Quraysh is what we now call Warsh. So you should learn that if you can. And what else we got? We only got a few minutes left, unfortunately. Are all the different schools of Aqidah due to new questions? The answer is yes, because of questions that came up after the Sahaba. So if they say, how is it Sunnah to have these beliefs? It's because based on the methodology of the companions, that's what they would have done. Based upon their methodology, they would have answered the question. Okay. That's why we say that this is actually sunnah. Even though these, these things and these debates and these arguments didn't come up in their time, but so half the fatawa of fiqh didn't come up in their time. So we say that this is what they would have done. They would have answered the question. There's no doubt about that. When there was a problem and all the huffad of Quran were dying, Sayyidina Umar solved the problem with something that didn't exist in the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him. So we would have, uh, that that's what the Sahaba would have done. All right, next. Uh, Ryan, let's take two from you. Some of these MSA presidents and other religious guys get contacted by sisters who have questions about the dean and personal matters. How does a brother navigate this? Personally speaking, I really think that um, whenever there's a communication, and some people are going to say, oh, this is so, this is not going to work. You ask me. I'm telling you the answer the communication between a brother and sister as much as possible, it should be, um, there should be a third person on that and it should only be by necessity. For example, just as a disclaimer, I got, there are like five people who see, who have access to all my social media accounts, right? They might not go on it, but they have access to it. For example, anyone could pick a, Anyone in my family who's, uh, my wife, for example, she has access. She doesn't always go on it, but she could if she wanted to. She could, on her phone, it's right there. So that there's not such a privacy that is, uh, could lead to something that is discouraged or something that's haram. Is it makruh to close your eyes in the salah? Yes, it is. The only time it's allowed for you to shut your eyes in the prayer is if there's something that's distracting you. All right, Ryan, what else you got? 
If I have the niyyah to wake up to Fajr and sleep early and set my alarm clock, but I don't wake up, is it still a sin that I didn't wake up? No, if you set, the question is, I I tried to wake up for Fajr, but I failed. I set my alarm and everything, but I failed. You're not sinful at that point. If you tried, but you failed, you're not sinful. All right, let's take one more. Are there any conditions when qata rahmi is allowed or even recommended? Are there any conditions to cut off family ties? The answer to that is that, yes, there, we never cut off family ties, but you are allowed to avoid harm. Okay. Again, let me repeat that. You, you, don't, you don't cut off your family ties, but you're allowed to avoid harm. And you can cut some off if they apostate or they join some sect. You can cut them off. But mainly, or they become an, uh, you know, they, they, they promote something sinful without any shame. You can, you can cut them off. But the concept and idea that uh, avoiding harm, you're allowed to avoid harm. So I'm not going to go to his house. I'm going to barely give him the bare minimum of what's necessary. Fine. Other than that, I will cut him off uh, or I won't go. That's fine. So it's, those are the conditions. They're harming you. They become a mubtada'ah. They become a, a murtad, things like that. Folks, let's close this out with a dua. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim taslima. Allahumma salli salatan kamila. Wa sallim salaman tamman ala Sayyidina Muhammadin. Alladhi tanhallu bihi al-uqd. Wa tanfariju bihi al-kurab. Wa tuqda bihi al-hawaij. Wa tunalu bihi al-raghaib. وحسن الخواتم ويستسقى الغمام بوجه الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والإسيان We ask Allah Ta'ala to place in all of our hearts a love of Iman and a love of Deen and make it sweet inside of our hearts and make deviation and disobedience bitter and distasteful to our hearts We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for all our youth that he make them love Iman and hate Kufr and make them love obedience and ta'a and hate disobedience and ma'asiyah and sins. We ask Allah Ta'ala to always keep us in His remembrance and always keep us in His dua, in dua, in a state of dua. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to answer our dua. And we ask Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala to keep us upon tahajjud and recitation of Qur'an and salah on the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We ask Allah Ta'ala for abundance in rizq that is halal. We ask Allah Ta'ala, if our rizq is in the heavens, then bring it down. If our rizq is in the earth, then bring it up. If our rizq is difficult to attain, then make it easy. If our rizq is far, then bring it near. If our rizq is haram, then purify it. If our rizq is little, then increase it. If our rizq is non-existent, then make it exist. If our rizq is stopped, then make it flow. If our rizq is stalled, then make it move. If our rizq is a sin, then forgive it. If it's an error, then wipe it away. If it's a mistake, then overlook it. And if it's difficult, then make it easy. And bless all of our rizq and make it the good rizq in the hands of a good person. As the Prophet said, We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our parents that he gives them Jannat al-Firdaus without any hisab. We ask Allah ta'ala for our children. Allahumma make them make their hearts love the deen of Islam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for husnul khatima rasul. We ask Allah for a good ending and what makes the heart of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam happy and pleased with us. We ask Allah ta'ala that all of our dua be answered in a way that pleases him. We ask Allah ta'ala for all those secret desires that we have inside of our hearts from your fadl that you answer them. In this blessed moment of Wednesday between Al-Dhuhr and Asr. We ask Allah Ta'ala that He answers those dua in a way that is pleasing to Him, that is good for us in this world and then in the next. Lastly, we ask that Allah makes none more beloved to us than His most beloved Sayyidul Kaunain, Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifun Wa Salamun Ala Al-Mursaleen Wa Alhamdulillah Mustafa, Mustafa Manba'u lissafa Sayyidul Anbiya Mish'alun fil wafa Kana fi atfihi Lil yatama difa Mustafa, Mustafa Manba'u lissafa Sayyidul Anbiya 
مشعلون في الوفا كان في عطفه باليتامى دفا لأجارهم قلت ظاهر ما فيهم فبدوت شخصا آخر كي أتفاخر وظننت أنا أني بذلك حست غنى فوجدت أني خاسر فتلك مظاهر لا 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 نحتاج المال كي نزداد جمالا جوهرنا هنا في القلب تلا لا 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 نرضي الناس بما لا نرضاه لنا حالا ذاك جمالنا يسمو يتعالى لا 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 نحتاج المال كي نزداد جمالا جوهرنا هنا في القلب تلا لا 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 نرضي الناس بما لا نرضاه لنا حالا ذاك جمالنا يسمو يتعالى